0: Welcome to the Seacoast Vineyard Church podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and we invite you to enjoy this message from God's Word. We're in a a series, we're going to bring it to a close next Sunday on making good decisions. And uh, you know, it's hard to make a really good decision when you're dumb. And, and honestly, all of us are dumb some of the time, right? I mean, because many times we don't know what we don't know. And so we go into our times of making decisions with, without enough information or, or, but there's. We can solve that, right? Because we've been talking about it for four weeks, and that is, we can find people with wisdom. We pray, we read the scripture, we look out, we look for people who maybe have been there before, who have experienced something similar, and have walked through it well. And and so we talk with them. We can read, we can research, we can do all kinds of things to get more information. But there's one thing that all of that information gathering and even the life experience will not uh, overpower, and that is the status of our hearts. If our hearts, the inner attitudes of our heart are not really in a good place and we have to make some very serious decisions, it can hijack the whole process, and um, Last Sunday, I got into trouble like I am now with uh, offering a free book to some of you, some of you, because I only had like ten between two services, and I do have a few more. Skip has them in the back, and so it's it's called "What's Your Decision," and uh, we'll give out you know maybe four of this service if you want one there, Skip, and uh, and so four of you. He's, there he goes, uh, Skip in the back, uh, and. Uh, so, if you'd like one, this book is is kind of a, it's based on a Jesuit, actually, principle of considering your inner life and how God speaks to you through your emotions, actually, and how God does deal with uh, somewhat the status of your heart, as well as other issues, and I think it's very helpful, uh, it's... It takes a different look than some of the other books you'll read about making decisions. And so if you if you want one, get them while they're there because they're almost gone. And uh, so this part of the status of our heart, we're going to look at that today because the inner attitudes of our hearts going into a time of resolve, going into a time of taking in information and about to draw a conclusion and pull the trigger on some uh, decision that we're in, it has a huge amount of influence. We know that, right? You can feel yourselves being pushed toward a decision many times, one way or the other, based on how your heart is leaning. And so uh, the scripture in the book of James, actually, the book that we've been looking at, uh, have been basing as um, our launch text, and the third chapter the 13th through the 18th verses, we're going to take a look at that. If you flip your hand out over, there's no fill-in. I filled it in for you today. Part of that, just honestly, part of that is just my week was kind of filled. And when I do fill-ins, uh, normally, um, I have to do everything and back up into the fill-ins so that fits. But this time I worked through it because I had a lot of stuff going on. And so you guys don't have to even write it except your notes. And we'll make our way through that. So let's pray. We'll jump into this. We'll read this passage in James 3, 13 through 18. And we'll take a look at uh, the inner attitudes of our heart and the power that they have over our decision-making processes. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you guide us, uh, not into knowledge just for knowledge's sake, but you guide us into how to make good decisions, Lord, based on your love for us and based on your wanting to but teach us to be disciples or followers of you and to be able to do it well and and in a healthy way. And so I thank you for that, God. And we pray that you indeed would bring your word alive this morning, that uh, you would open up parts of it to us that where our own hearts would go that I needed to see that and bring it alive so we can respond to it as well. Grant us the grace to respond well to it. Lord, help me in my weakness today. Help me. Give me the gift of teaching for the next few minutes, Lord, so that we can take a look at what James, your half-brother, had to say about this. And so, Jesus, we love you. And Holy Spirit, you're the very presence and power of God in our midst and in our own hearts. And so we ask you to come and rule and reign today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, let's read this. James three thirteen through 18. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life. By deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure. Then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit. Impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Lord bless the reading of your word. Now James, you can't separate wisdom from making decisions, can you? I mean, it's what we want. We want to make wise, good decisions. And and so we seek out wisdom. We seek out to understand what it means to be, uh, have a healthy and uh, wise outlook on all the information we're receiving and and to make a decision based on that. And so James is telling this church who is having some struggles and then, like I said, this is the half brother of Jesus, and he's become a leader in the church. Uh, he'll, he'll be a leader over the Jerusalem church. He'll eventually give his own life for the sake of the gospel. He is trying to help the dispersed Jewish people and uh, believers, uh, Christian believers around the area to come and to follow Christ. And in this church that he's writing to, there's a lot of problems. And there's a lot of evil stuff going on. And, and part of it is that people have slipped in under the guise of being really godly and being leaders. And they've started sowing discord and, and trouble and giving bad advice to the members of the church. And, and so James is out to try to pastor this church and help them learn what it means. to And I believe part of it is make good decisions and good choices in their lives. And one of the things he does is he begins to deal with the heart he goes to the heart of the issue because the people causing the problems have a heart issue. And he says that part of the solution for us is that we check our hearts and we see what the motives of our hearts are and the status of our heart. And so the first thing he says in, the verse, in verse 14, he says, who is wise? You know, when he asks that question, don't you want to go? How many of you went, well, I am? <laughs> How many? Really, you're asking me that? Who is wise? But but the question is asked in such a way as to make a statement. Here, you're about to see who is wise. Who is wise? Well, here it comes. These are the wise people, and so we we can find out uh, if we're wise or not by following what he says. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life. It'll it'll come out by deeds done in humility. That comes from wisdom. But if you harbor. It's in your heart. Like a, a ship. The picture of a ship. Coming into the harbor. And dropping anchor. If you let that come into your life. Let it drop anchor. That is bitter envy. If you let that drop into the, into the harbor of your life. Then all of your decision making skills. Are, are getting ready to be tainted. And corrupted in a way. And so bitter envy, is it's, it's like this picture of, um, it, it, it does have a bit of a religious feel to it. And that is this overblown and an inappropriate sense of devotion to God. Now, you would say, what's an inappropriate sense of devotion to God? Well, you can think of someone who is holier than thou. Someone who says they have all the answers. Someone who thinks they have arrived. Someone who maybe is in a bit of a legalistic uh, do you know what I mean by legalistic? Some of you guys know. Some of you probably, were like me, didn't weren't raised in church when you were, and then you don't know what these terms mean. But it means someone who says that there is a rule, like a list of rules, and if you vary from any of those rules at any moment in time, then you're you're really you're not a part of us. You're in trouble. And so this bitter envy is is out of that people that you know that wise person is not like that, that uh, Paul makes reference to his own self. What was Paul before he became the great apostle himself? Now, James is writing this, but think back to Paul. Paul had an exaggerated sense of his religious self before he was a Christian, right? Because he was hunting Christians down to kill them because he thought they were a threat. To what he thought was a healthy way of following God as a, a Jewish rabbi, as a leader, a Pharisee, as, as you know, someone who was there. So he had this zealous part to his life that criticized and put down and judged other people, especially Christians. And there was nothing humble about him. And Paul says this about himself. But that's the way he once was. And James is using something very similar with the use of this word in bitter envy. And when we're in the midst of making important decisions, if our hearts are in a position of jealousy or a desire for what another person has in the midst of it, maybe it's their influence Maybe it's their position, maybe it's their power, maybe it's their money, maybe it's their car. Just kidding. Uh, Maybe, whatever, you know. If we have this sense of, I just wish I had, you know, and I'm going to get it, and I have this bitter envy towards someone, then it taints. It does something in our heart. And it's the opposite of humility. And suddenly there's a fog that comes across our our processes of being able to make good decisions and now they're tainted because now when we make a decision it's going to be based on our envy our jealousy of someone else and how can I get maybe what they have or how can I look like they look or how can I get the attention they get or the influence they have and suddenly we're not making decisions good wise decisions anymore now I'm going to be honest with you, we it's we all deal with this to some extent. We all deal with this. We live in a culture that breeds this. And it says that you are not here if you don't have this, if you don't look like this, if you don't have this, if you don't, you know, all of this. And that all feeds into this bitter envy in some ways. And so it can corrupt our, our decision-making processes because suddenly we may want to make it decision based on that. Am I going to get something out of this that will make me look equal with that person or look equal or even better in status than the next person? And suddenly it's not the wisdom of the moment, the wisdom of the issue. What's driving us is that gun in our back that tells us we're not enough yet. And it stares us and. You know, we're born with that. I mean, I think we come into this world with a sense of we're not enough. And Jesus comes along and says, I paid the price for that, you know. (laughs) We were just singing about it a moment ago. Jesus comes in and says, you're well worth everything that I've done for you because I did it for you. It's kind of a crazy thing, isn't it? That your value is established in his deeds of what he did for you. You say, well, I'm just not worth it. But the fact that he did it made you worth it. Think about that. You know, now the striving and now the bitter envy that drives us in our lives many times, it it doesn't come out of that place of satisfaction in Christ any longer. It comes out of that same striving, that same hunger for acceptance, that same hunger for wanting to be enough. And it taints our decisions. It can it can manipulate us to not make wise to make wise conclusions of issues and situations and it's just not healthy and there's another part to this too in Hebrews twelve fifteen the writer of that book says see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Do you see what happens? Leave that up on the screen just a minute. I want everybody to read this because you see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God. How can you fall short of the grace of God? When bitter envy begins to enter into our lives and it begins to take us over, then suddenly the grace of God isn't enough for us anymore. And so we fall short of actuating and seeing the grace of God work in our lives. Suddenly we're taken back hostage again by not being enough and we become bitter, become angry, jealous over other people's situations or whatever. We want more. We just are not enough. We don't have enough. We don't look like we are enough. And suddenly our decision-making becomes tainted. and, And it doesn't just hurt us, does it? It hurts. It can hurt our family. It says it defiles many. It's like a root system that spreads out. Now, I've seen this happen in families. I've seen this happen in churches where some bitterness begins to seep in and then the root system starts spreading out and it begins to defile not just the person who may have something that they, they need to deal with with another person or something, but suddenly it spreads out and it defiles how many? Many it begins to pull people into that root system until it's just not the person that it started with, but it's a lot of people. And all of a sudden, the, the atmosphere and the environment when you're around folks drops. And you sense this heaviness and you sense kind of a you know, weightiness to things that isn't good. It's, it just has a bad taste to it. And it's that root of bitterness that begins to spread out. And you know, it starts right here. It starts in our hearts. That's where we have to deal with it up front in ourselves. And that's why humility is mentioned a lot in here too. It takes a, a deep sense of humility to say, Lord, I got this in my heart. Would you help me? Would you please help me with this? Because this is going to taint every decision I make. If I had, especially if it's a personality, if there's someone else involved and now you're making decisions that that person somehow is involved, you know it colors it, Right? Because no matter the decision, that person being involved in that moment, in that situation, in those conclusions you're about to draw and your reactions to them, because you had this sense of bitterness or envy toward that person, it will begin to affect how you make decisions if they're involved. And so James says, check your heart. This is wisdom. Check your heart and, and see. And... Um, Then he moves on, this bitter envy, and uh, then he mentions selfish ambition, selfish ambition. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, then we're in trouble, right? Selfish ambitions, that's discord, um, it's a self it almost has a political tone to it. Um, it has a, it's the, the, the phrase, it's a self-seeking pursuit of political power by unjust means. And basically, it's moving around and strategizing of how to get my way. Like if I do this and I do that and if I take advantage of this person and this person does that and there's just this maneuvering and trying to subvert and to convert people to your opinion so that you can get something to yourself, then that's not godly wisdom and how this works. It's, you know, the, we are called, those of us who are Jesus followers are called to such a different life. We really are. Romans 12.10 tells us to be devoted to one another in love and to honor one another above ourselves. <laughs> That like, would be really nice to see in this world, wouldn't it? You know, where we preferred one another over ourselves, and that is the call to, be, to, to follow Jesus. Is that not what Jesus did? You know, he is the best example of a good decision maker, right? But it cost him. It cost him, but he stayed focused. He stayed true to the call. He exhibited all wisdom in following through on exactly what his father had called him to do. He was not distracted. He was not manipulated. He was not hijacked by the devil, nor person, anyone. He stayed focused right through it. There was no selfish ambition in that for Christ. It was for us, it's for his Father. Selfish ambition. And what happens if we're not careful? What happens with the selfish ambition and the bitter envy is it results, look at verse 15, it results in what? Disorder and evil practice. In other words, suddenly chaos ensues. Have you seen this before? Even in a business or in a church or a small group or in friendships or in families, once all of the envy and the selfish ambition begins to enter, suddenly things just don't seem, and I'm going to use this word smooth anymore. Now, I know life's up and down and we have challenges and making decisions is absolutely a moment of somewhat tension in a way because we have to, it, we have to make some, draw some conclusions and we have to act on them. But if we go this route and we're all self serving, we're all jockeying for position and we're all trying to get what we want at the expense of whatever and anybody else, suddenly they're chaos. Imagine everybody doing that. That's chaos, right? That's chaos. And that's that's what James says is that's the result of this. Is suddenly there's no more this sense of we're all headed in one direction and that we're all getting this done and we all have one another in mind, the best for each other in mind. Now, now there's chaos. Now we don't know what's going on and uh, disorder, that's a picture of like instability and double-mindedness. Uh, Paul, uh, James mentions this over in the first chapter in the eighth verse about double-mindedness. And it's just a snowball of confusion suddenly starts happening. And we're not even sure how it happened, but all of a sudden we're we're I used to hear this word growing up discombobulated <laughs> <You know? laughs> we're discombobulated we We can't put the pieces together, we just, argh, you know, you just walk outside and go, "I just wanted to go away <laughs> you know and, and you know you have to make a decision, and things just seem out of order, and it even goes so far as to say that you know the enemy, the devil, can get into this. Devils in the details, as he used to say, and suddenly into that comes the enemy, sowing discord. And it's like a welcome mat to him when we have we have evil and we have selfish ambition and bitter envy, and we begin to operate like that. It's like throwing a welcome mat out and saying, "Okay, devil, we're already just in a world of hurt here. Why don't you come in and sow into it too?" Instead of going toward Christ and humbling ourselves and checking our hearts, we open the door and we say, just come on in and sow all the confusion you want. And James says, it happens. The enemy does, he will come in and he'll begin to sow discord as well. Fracture things and do a number on us. Our hearts, our hearts need all the freedom we can get when it comes to making decisions. We need to be unencumbered when it comes time to make big choices. We need freedom. And Christ promises us freedom. Says that we can make choices free. Does that mean that there are not other people who are going to be affected by it? No, but you can do it in a righteous way. And you can use the wisdom God has given you to make a good choice To make a good decision. Proverbs 4.23 says. Above all else guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. Everything. How you make decisions. Your affections. How you respond to issues and people. All of it flows straight out of your heart. And James is trying to help us with this. He's saying check your heart. Is there humility there? Is it selfish ambition? You know, I don't think ambition itself is bad as long as the result is to see the kingdom grow and to see people blessed and to see things continue as God wants them to. I want to be ambitious in that, don't you? I mean, we have an ambitious church when it comes to showing the love of Christ to our community. But it's not a selfish ambition. It's not about us. It's about those that Jesus died for and that he loves. And so we give of ourselves and in our choices, in our decisions, it's true too. So where is your heart in the decision-making process this morning? And then James finishes this up with, with a, a list of kind of, it's kind of a little checklist that you can look at if you want to. And he tells us he tells us where we should be. Is it, look at this, pure? Is our heart pure? And that is, Is there an absence of the spiritual and ethical behavior, you know, of imperfections that that are necessarily a part of a double-minded person? Like, does our heart reflect the character of God? Does your heart reflect the same thing that God wants for people? That's a good check, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life. God came to this world to save, right? To save. And so we check our heart, is it pure? And this is something that's ongoing. You know, none of us just go, hey, I did that like 47 years. Ago. Uh-oh, I'm going out here. 47 years ago, I made a decision uh, pure, for my heart to be Pure. And now I'm going to have to grab this microphone, I think, over here. Hold on. Back up. All right. If it goes out, I got it. (laughs) It was a good decision. Thank you. (laughs) I had to cover it. It's a little selfish, but, you know. (laughs) Pure. Is it peace-loving? Like Is this decision, even if it's a tough decision, even if it will result in something that unsettles things for a while, is the ultimate outcome of this decision to see the peace of God rule and reign? The ultimate decision. Even though maybe this decision is going to upset some things for just a little bit, the reason I'm making this decision, the reason I drew this conclusion, is because I see a better land a better life beyond this, And this is a way to get there. Peace-loving. And that is a desire for all. And then considerate. That's uh, the word for justice. It means that we don't abuse our positions of power. We don't uh, do that. We remain calm and sober in the moment and true to the highest ideals of whatever position we find ourselves in. That we stay steady. We're considerate of those around us And we move. Submissive, trusting. There's a word you don't see much. Submissive, trusting, easily persuaded, like sober thinking. It's a picture of an intuitive person who recognizes the truth of God and what God is doing. It represents someone who's gentle and reasonable, whether in a position of authority or of submission. Either way. This is all James describing, and all of this comes out of the heart. Full of mercy. And notice he says acts of mercy. You can say like, yes, I'm a merciful person. And then go rip and shred everybody to pieces. It's like, are you merciful? Yes. You know, I'm a very merciful person. You know, it's not. It's you no, know, it means you can look at a person's life. And do you see acts of mercy? Do you see? Because out of the heart, right? The issues of life flow. Whatever we're like, you want to see what your heart is? Look around you. Look around you at the people around you and and how life is around you, what you've created around you, and you can pretty much take an inventory of where your heart is. The results of of your heart. And he says, good fruit. You know, and it's really fruits, which is weird, isn't it? But fruits, it's... You know, it's singing the deeds of life and it's impartial, he said. And that's the opposite of double-minded or, or it's, we have a singularity of purpose. I don't like that term, singularity of purpose. We keep it focused and I think Jesus, every time I think of him, man, he was so focused. You know, he didn't ever, he never lost it. He was fully man, fully God. What he did in his life, he did through the power of the Holy Spirit. Same spirit that we as followers of Jesus have access to and lives within us. Same one. And he was focused straight toward what God had called him to do in life. And we can do the same. And then sincere. And that just simply means without hypocrisy. Without hypocrisy. I look out. I make my decisions not based on any biases. Not based on any, you know, uh, sense of selfish ambition or bitter envy but I do it for the best I do it for the best of the kingdom of God and what God wants all this is contrary to what the what the devil would want for us and many times even what in our own lives we see us headed for and the results of living a life like this is what a harvest of righteousness that's the results of this life and that can be said this way, a harvest that belongs to righteousness or a harvest of righteousness. You can read it either way. And, uh, and so it brings righteousness or right living or the right. Uh, I always think of righteousness as like holiness of God, but it's, it's God alive in his way of living in our lives. Like we are moving that way. We are becoming more and more like him more like Jesus in our decision-making, more like him with our hearts attuned to him. And it also brings a harvest of righteousness of those around us we begin to see it. And it all begins in our hearts. In our hearts. And this is an inventory that we have to do continually. We have to take a look at our hearts I think I'm in a dead spot over here. Maybe I wore the spot out all the years I've been standing here. <laughs> Step over here. Um, but we have to check our hearts continually, don't we? I mean, I don't. We can't go like one day, like, wow, you know what, Jesus? I've been walking with you for 47 years. I'm good. I'm good. Go, go work on somebody else for a while. I'm good. Nah. It's not like that, is it? It's like we revisit it again and again. And we're like, Lord, check my heart. Not to beat me up or any of that, because he loves us and he cares for us. But check my heart. Because the decisions that I'm going to make, the conclusions I'm going to draw, are going to be based on what's in here. What's in here. So, Lord, would you you just do a check, put your searchlight in here and just take a look and if I need to do anything, if I need to repent of anything, if, if I need to change my mind, go a different direction, if, then, Lord, show me. Show me. Could we do that even right now? Could we pray for that right now? Father, would you help us? Would you grant us your grace and mercy And shining the light of your kindness, Lord, but also your correction on our hearts this morning. Is there any bitter envy in our hearts? Would you expose it, Lord? I could just Just give it to him. Ask him to come, open it up. Just break it open, break that crusty shell off of it where it's been hidden and let the light of God, his love and his mercy and his forgiveness shine in on it. Come Lord. Is there any selfishness, deep unhealthy selfishness in our lives? Which, Gosh, Lord, we're probably eat up with that. Would you help us, Lord? Would you shine your light in on that? Come, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Just rest here and let the Holy Spirit speak to you in prayer. That's right. Maybe you want to whisper a prayer to Him. come Lord freedom freedom in our hearts Lord freedom we need freedom to make good decisions Lord Let's just, we've got just a few extra minutes. Let's just rest and let the Lord speak to our hearts. Just in prayer where you are right now. Just rest and pray. Come on. Thanks for listening to the Seacoast Vineyard Podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And you can learn more about us by visiting seacoastvineyard.com. If you need prayer, you can call us or email care at seacoastvineyard.com. If you feel called to support us financially through a one-time or recurring gift, please click on the Give tab at our website or text any amount to 84321 and follow the prompts.